We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All systems are good. Ladies and gentlemen, Chris Van Vliet. Well, here we go. Back with you for another audio adventure on Insight. Thank you so much for being with us for what can only be described as a big show. Huh? Huh? See what I did there? Paul White might be one of the nicest people I've ever had the pleasure of interviewing. Not just wrestler, just people in general. The first interview that we did was five years ago in Miami. If you've seen it on YouTube, it's the one where we're next to the beautiful water in Biscayne Bay. That video has four and a half million views on YouTube. Crazy. It's my most watched wrestling interview of all time. And it's so great to have him back for another interview because a lot has changed in those five years. The biggest, of course, being his current employer. He was with WWE since then. He's I mean, he was with WWE for 20 plus years. And since February, he's now been with AEW. Take a screenshot. Let us know that you're listening to this episode and tag us. Tag Paul. He's at Paul White. Tag me. I'm at Chris Van Vliet. And hey, give us a follow as well. And if you're not already following or subscribed to the show, take a second right now to subscribe to Insight wherever you're listening to this right now. Thank you to James T., for this review on Apple Podcasts. He says, great interviews. Chris is one of the better interviewers around. It feels like more of a casual conversation rather than just a Q&A session. Well, thank you for that, James. And thank you for taking the time to leave a review. If you keep leaving them, I will keep reading them. All right, let's dive into this big show. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Paul White. Paul, so good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for having me, Chris. It's been awesome to see you again, man. That's good to see you too. I wish it could be in person, but uh, this is how things are right now. Yeah, that's how they work, right? You know, um, all of us in the past two years have learned how to use Zoom quite well. Like, I, I don't think I ever knew what Zoom was before all the pandemic and stuff. And now I feel like a Zoom pro. That makes <laughs> that's right. Sense. The last time I saw you was five years ago, which is crazy. We did that interview that's so fast by right? the beautiful bay out there. And right. at, at that time, we were talking about a match that might happen between you and Shaq. And, and we're now still I talking feel, about it. <laughs> I feel like more than ever, that actually might happen now. I think it will happen now because there's not as much red tape. I mean, you know, he's already competed here in AEW, had a great match with Cody Rhodes, Jay Cargill, and, uh, and Shaq versus Cody Rhodes in uh, Red Velvet. And that was an incredible, uh, incredible showing for Shaq. So hopefully we'll be able to cut some more red tape and make it happen. 
you know he's been hitting the gym lately Shaq's pretty big right now like he's he's huge Shaq I guess is the best way to look at it. I think he's a little nervous about me so he's putting on a little size <laughs> well he's huge Shaq and you're like the opposite you're you're I feel like you're smaller than ever yeah I'm like I'm like a, a tall Paul the slim car salesman that's what I am now <laughs> <laughs> When we talked last time, I think it was the first time that you were under 400 pounds. You were 396. Right. What are you weighing in at these days? I got as low as 370, and right now I'm about 408, 410. So um, I'm still keeping it low. Um, COVID is, uh, the pandemic put a real big hit in a lot of training and and stuff like that. So just now that things are starting to work, I'm, I'm getting stuff back together. But it's uh, it's fun now. You know how to get there. So you just got to really gear up on getting there again, like get your diet in order and make that commitment to get the cardio in and stuff. I like how you casually talk about 400 pounds being low-ish. Oh, dude, when I was 500 pounds, I was a quarter ton of fun for 15 years. You know what I mean? So for me, when I say 400, I still feel a little light in the pants. You know what I mean? But uh, I think for what I'm planning on doing with future stuff, it's just easier for me to get under 400, stay around 375, 380 would be good. Well, That's such a weird thing. I'll stay around 375 or 380. You know, I'll, I'll look like I've got, you know, like I'm, you know, like I've got a, an eating disorder, but it'll be okay. <laughs> How's your hip feeling? Good, good. My, uh, the one that I had the uh, surgery on, of course, QT was gracious enough to show that on uh, Dynamite, um, you know, with my big butt, with my big scar all over national TV. It's good. Uh, we went through some, uh, some complications with it. That's why there's so many surgeries. Um, but now it's, I feel like Wolverine. It's five pounds of titanium and I can do anything. I'm actually cleared to jump out of an airplane. I could parachute. Not that I would, because we don't need to see Operation Dumbo drop. So I'm not <laughs> jumping out of any airplanes anytime soon. You know, like I'm, they probably have to use like a tank parachute or something. So uh, <laughs> that's funny. Years ago, I was at Fort Bragg. Uh, Mark Henry and I were there with the soldiers and they were all out of the jump tower. They're like, oh man, you got to go out of the jump tower. You got to go out of the jump tower. We'll build you a harness to go out of the jump tower. Right there, build me a harness? Like, no, I'm, I'm good, bro. I got OR disease. I can't do it. And Mark Henry, my best friend, puts his hand on my knee. He looks at me, goes, you've got OR disease? What is that, man? I said, old and rich. I'm not doing that dumb crap. <laughs> <laughs> he about fell off the bleachers laughing, so. There'll be no, there'll be no uh, Paul White jumping out of airplanes anytime soon. <laughs> well, how long were you walking around with your hip bothering you? Because I imagine there's a lot of wrestlers that would, you know, let that go for years. Uh, I was, I had like pieces of the ball joint that were broken off and missing, um, and holes in it actually. So I will probably want to say probably a year and a half I worked like that. Constant, constant, constant pain. Sleeping, riding in cars sitting and i was still making the gym and still doing what i had to do and still biking and still doing everything that i want to do it's just it got to a point my biggest thing about getting uh, an implant put in is i thought it would end my wrestling career hmm. so and then after taking the time because before when doctors would talk to me about it i was like no nah, i'm not interested you know not interested i'll get through it i'll get through it i'll get through it and um then when I sat down and talked to somebody that knew what they were talking, I says, no, you can have a career. You can still do everything you want. The devices are, it's different and the, the physics of it and all that, I'm good to go. So uh, once I finally got it done and after we got through the complications, um, it's the best thing I've ever done. It's amazing. Like I went from being constantly 
24 seven being in discomfort and pain to like, now I feel like John Travolta. I'm going to go out there and do some Saturday night fever and do some disco dancing. <laughs> so how excited are you to get back in the ring? Oh my God, Chris, you have no idea. I've been sitting and I'm having a great time doing the commentary on, uh, on elevation. Um, Although I, if I'd have known we would have had a live rampage come on TNT, I might have pushed for that spot. But, you know, at the time, my opportunities were, were the new show Elevation. So I jumped at it. And I'm having a great time with Elevation. Great time working with Tony Schiavone. Uh, great time seeing the younger talent. But, man, I have just been chomping at the bit to get back in the ring. There's so much. There's so much I want. So many talents that I just want to work with and spend time in the ring with and, and uh, try to help pass that knowledge along and still have fun i mean that's the biggest that's one of my biggest reasons for for making the transition is i still wanted to compete in the ring you know I, you know i had to leave uh wwe I, I had done everything there there was nothing for me to accomplish there's nothing there for me to do more of and um i still like lacing up boots i still like getting in the ring you know so um luckily tony khan um gave me that opportunity I just feel like you're right. You've done everything in WWE. You've done everything in wrestling. Yeah. What, what's yeah. possibly left on your bucket list or your goals list? Uh, my bucket list. Um, I, you know, it's funny. Like, I guess, I guess I'm going to really tell a bad, a bad professional secret. I don't have a bucket list, Chris. I've never been a guy to say, oh, I've got to do that. I'm not a goal setter. I know some guys wake up every morning that have goals. They have checklists, you know, think, believe, achieve. Um, I try to enjoy every day and be thankful for every day. And every day that I get to go out and compete or be around the talent or, or interact with fans, I mean, it's a good day. You know, and I've got other projects that I'm working on the side, some TV projects and some movie stuff. So that's all picking up speed now. Um, you know, I don't have anything to complain about. I just take every day and enjoy it. You know, yeah. that's bucket list, man. I'll take, I mean, here's me. I, I'm, I'm like Samuel Jackson. I won't turn anything down, but the sheets, as far as opportunities go, <laughs> I say yes to everything. You know what I mean? Yes to everything. So, yeah. uh, I look forward to whatever opportunities are available because AEW, I'm telling you after, uh, after rampage tonight, in Chicago, um, the wrestling world's going to get knocked on its ass. I'm telling you, it's going to be, if, the scuttlebutt is true. Uh, it's going to be, I, I can't put it into words, maybe, maybe attitude era ish all over again. Who knows? Cause, uh, AEW is definitely on the rise. If this scuttlebutt is true with CM Punk, what I like does that word mean? scuttlebutt. Uh, it's scuttlebutt. a great word. It's a great word, right? Yeah. <laughs> What does what does this if CM Punk is in fact in WWE or it's sorry in AEW? What does this mean for the world of wrestling? For the world of wrestling, I mean, it's probably the biggest, most anticipated return um, ever. I mean, you think about the biggest impactful moments in in wrestling uh, moments which you look back and say, "I was there." Were you there when when Hulk Hogan slammed Andre the Giant? Were you there? Uh, where were you when Stone Cold Steve Austin cut the infamous three sixteen promo? Um, when Hulk Hogan came to WCW, you know, the NWO, when the NWO was formed. I mean, there are so many moments in history, and, and I'm, I'm guaranteed I'm leaving a lot of special moments out. But I think this is, this is one of those moments tonight. It's our second rampage. Um, it's in Chicago, sold out United Center. I mean, the stage is set. It couldn't be served up anymore to make an incredible wrestling moment that 
reignites the wrestling industry. This could, you know, there's so many companies now that are they're springing up, they're doing well. Impact and and, and all these other different companies that are that are NJPW, all these companies now that are recovering, that are growing, that the fans are searching out for. Now you're getting to that competition of let's give up the best product that we can to our fans. Let's turn it out. Let's give them authentic, unique, diverse talent. And I think now is the opportunity. Go ahead, put the spotlight on something. We're ready to shine. I think the phrase rising tides lift all ships is so applicable to what's going on now. Wow, that's a good saying. Well, it's wow. not my saying. This is no, not my saying. Good. Let me put that in my notebook. Yeah, I'm an right announcer that's... now. I need, I need things like that. Yeah, you should I use this in your next one. Yes. Yeah. But I feel... <laughs> My friend Chris said, rising tides leave all ships. There you go. I just feel like it's so applicable with what AEW is doing because there was a time there when WWE had no competition. And now with AEW coming in, it's changed everything. Well, and that's the thing too. And that's not a knock on WWE. That's That's a tale of success for their business plan, their business model. I mean, WWE is the biggest global wrestling company in the world. They, they, they owned everything for a long time and dominated the entire industry. But at the same time, um, that's not good for the talent. It's not good for the fans because there's only one place to work, to be successful, to make money, to become a, a star, to develop your brand. Then if you don't make it there, there's no other opportunities. Yeah. You know, if they deem you're not right for us or you're, whatever storyline that you were put in is not right for you, um, then you could literally see your wrestling careers of trying to feed a family, make a make a career out of it, could go away because companies were so choked off they weren't allowed to make money. Um, now, with uh, a company that does have some sincere backing and does have the opportunity for the talent to create authentic characters, and what I mean by authentic is I mean characters that are true to the person portraying the character. Like you know, and I tell the younger talent time, wrestling is an art form; it's an interpretation. All the moves are the same. Backdrops, hip tosses, all of that's all the same. Once in a while, somebody will come up with a new move that's innovative and great, but basically it's all the same. But it's still an art form and how you take something. We all steal stuff from each other. We steal stuff from the past. We steal stuff from from from, from Mexico, from New Japan, from all over, from, from the UK. And that interpretation allows you to develop your own character and make that connection with the audience. And, and, you know, and the thing that I love about AEW there's not 35 writers backstage running around handing you a promo. You know, I mean, if you have a promo in AEW, you have a promo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know how to, you have one, you know, and it's like, why? Wow, it's, it's, it's a little bit different pressure. The pressure before was trying to remember, was trying to memorize a whole bunch of stuff. And now the pressure is, ah, gee whiz, I, I'm a pretty witty, funny guy, but uh, oh, this pressure is real. You know, so uh, I'm just, I love it. I love the fact that AEW gives the talent a chance to be authentic and true themselves because if the talent doesn't believe in it, the audience won't. I just assumed you'd be with WWE for the rest of your career. I mean, you'd been there so did I. 20 years. I was there for four decades, man. And here's the thing it was just, it was just one of the things um, for me, it was just, I wasn't ready to be in the position, position that I was getting. Uh, I was getting, um, I won't say pushed to, but this was the only opportunity avail- available to me was to go this way. And I just felt like at the time, like, um, that's not for me, you know, and I didn't leave mad or pissed off or any of that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? I mean, it's, it's a business. 
you have to do what's best for you in your business and you have to do, and they have to do what's best for them. And they have their company plan and what they want to do and moving forward. And if you don't fit, then, you know, um, you seek a life elsewhere because I didn't know, actually, I didn't know if I was going to get a job after leaving WWE. I didn't know if I was going to be in wrestling again. I knew I was working on some TV stuff and some movie stuff. So, um, I didn't pursue talking to anybody until after my WWE stuff ended. You know, and then having some conversations with Jericho, of course, who's a dear friend. And I was like, you think, you know, you think they would be interested in talking? He says, well, you should talk to Tony. And I met Tony a long time ago. So um, I had got his number from Chris and shot him a text uh, after my deal was done. And um, we talked on the phone for a couple hours. Like, I mean, Tony Khan keeps weird hours. Like, he's one of those guys that's up from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m., you know, but. And that conversation was exciting because we talked about future of wrestling and, and psychology and, and helping younger talent and character building and all these different things and plans to be after AEW. And, and he actually got me super excited on the phone, which I haven't been in a long time. I mean, I have fought in the grind and, and been a cog in the gear and the machine and been a good soldier. And I've done all the stuff and, and fought long, hard and fought through pain and, and, been sick with fever i've done that whole rigmarole and, and toured the world so it was hard for me to because i had passion i had desire but then to have someone else who owns a company or runs a company inspire you further i mean yeah chris i'm i'm the luckiest man on the planet right now i i have a chance to uh be a part of an organization that's growing which for me is, is, is great because I get to have input and I get to help build something, which is important. And I get to have fun. I mean, Oh, and I get paid too. Yeah. That's another one. I get paid too. <laughs> when you, when you were leaving WWE, was there any part of you that thought, or maybe I'm, maybe I'm done with wrestling. Yeah. yeah there's a part of me that thought that maybe the door is going to be closed on this. Um, because you know, um, for so long, you you can get into your head on so many things, and there's always that doubt there. Like you have to be willing to to move forward. You have to be willing to say goodbye to yesterday. Hmm. You know what I mean? And for me to that's move forward, one. that's a good one right there. Really? I just oh, made yeah. it up. There you go. To move forward, you have to be willing to say goodbye to yesterday. So good. So, put it on a shirt. I, <laughs> don't put it on my shirt because even John Cena said I can't sell merch. So there you go. <laughs> He used to tease me all the time. Cena used to say, if, if, if my merch was money, nobody would buy it. And I said, well, that's because I'm too busy making you look good. So anyway, you know, bad guys sell tickets and good guys sell T-shirts. So there you go. Um, yeah, but that was the thing. I had to be willing to leave that comfort zone of WWE. Look, I could have stayed with WWE. I could have made an incredible living. I would have had uh, a golden parachute, if you will. Do media things. Um you know all the 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 fanfare that go with, that go with that comfort. Um, I didn't want that. I'm still hungry. I still like to fight. I still like to compete. I still like to to be a part of something. Uh, standing around twiddling my thumbs and being bored, I can't do. Cannot do. I need to be always moving forward. I'm about what's right now and what's tomorrow, and I could give really two shakes of a fig of what was yesterday it's not my thing i don't care about titles one i don't care about accolades any of that stuff i wanted what are we doing today and what are we doing tomorrow you know then and to be a, have the opportunity to be a part of something that's moving momentum with that kind of synergy and force in aew 
Uh, I can't be luckier or happier. But yeah, it was scary leaving leaving WWE. It was. Because even now, I'm still, I mean, even I'm in AEW and I've been around a long time and stuff like that, you know. Kenny Omega is an executive VP who busts his ass backstage in the company, helping everyone who has earned that spot, who who helped put AEW on the map. Chris Jericho, big part of the company, helped put AEW on the map. Cody Rhodes is a big um, uh, guy backstage that aligns a lot of things with AEW's community directive and works with a lot of the talent. The Young Bucks are all over executive positions there, but it's not just the stuff they do on TV. It's all the stuff they do behind the stage. So yeah, I'm not the biggest. I'm not the big star there in AEW. I don't have four decades of of putting asses in seats and drawing money and making the company money. I don't have all that. I'm I'm like the new guy that's got to earn my stripes a little bit, and I dig it. <laughs> I really do dig it. I mean, everybody's been super cool and yeah. and super respectful, but just for <laughs> for me on the my gut on the inside, I can't wait to get out there and prove, you know why I've been in this business as long as I have and why I am who I am. Do you think you there's know? anything in the ring you can't do now that you could yeah, do? Yeah, I can't do I, I can't do a, a moonsault. Yeah, can't do a moonsault. Is, so is, you you could do a moonsault? I could do one. I'm just not going to. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, there's, there's, there's a lot. In the ring right now, um, I don't think so. Um, you know, I think that for me going forward, it's just whatever opportunities we can help to move AEW forward. You know, I mean, um, do I want to wrestle five nights a week like I used to? I don't think I can do that. I mean, mm. you know, that's that was wearing on me years ago, I think. Um, but I don't know if our product is going to develop to that stage or not. I, you know, I know that we're we're really television-oriented. And, and um, be sure, I wouldn't mind working a couple of times a month. You know what I mean? I know that I'm doing the commentary. I want to keep working hard at that and get better. Um, and uh the competing and have fun with it yeah if i get an opportunity to compete for any kind of championships if something works its way out and it's good for aew it's good for the talent i'm working with absolutely that's always been my theory anyway on things about working in the ring if you get your get the match over get your opponent over you're going to get yourself over you take mm -hmm. care of a and b c is automatically going to happen sure. so um i think that's an attitude that's allowed me to be around for a long time is to have that business attitude about doing what's best for everything around me not just what's best for me we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash blue wire terms and conditions apply need to hire you need indeed. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi wild cherry. Pepsi wild cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, 
Everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. I feel like you can be involved in wrestling for as long as you want, but do you think about how long you can actually be in the ring competing? In the ring competing? Well, I mean, I've got a pretty... (laughs) I've got a pretty extensive uh, deal with uh, with Tony. Tony wanted to make sure that I had a home for a while. It gave me a lot of security with that, um, and that's just uh, that's just uh, dependent on how I feel. I don't know if you can ever say goodbye to something, um, but if I ever do um, make the choice to um, retire, I will retire from in ring competition. Will I leave wrestling? I don't think so. I mean, you know, I'm I'm still fortunate enough to do the commentary. I'm still fortunate enough to to help build the AEW brand. And, um, you know, as far as films and TV, if that stuff still works out, I mean, you know, they always need an extremely good looking, <clears throat> bald. Oh, they already got a guy. His name's Dwayne Johnson. Yeah. I might, I might want to rethink that. Damn it. Mm, yeah. I got to rethink my, I got to rethink my portfolio strategy. <laughs> nah, but, um, for me, it's just having fun right now, having fun. And, uh, and uh, trying to keep the fans entertained and, and uh, just making something out of every day, man. Got it. I, I, I do want to ask you about your film career. And was, right. was it the water boy that really put you into the zeitgeist for a lot of people? Um, I think uh, water boy was definitely, um, definitely one of those iconic things that you were part of, but you don't realize it's the time you got this small part in Adam Sandler film, you know, which was very cool, but you don't, you don't know at the time there's going to be this iconic character that, that people will, will never forget. I mean, I, I go places and people ask me to sign Captain Insano all the time. No, uh, I'm true story, man. True story. Um, I, I keep, I mean, he uh, does keep, show no mercy. It shows no mercy brother. But, uh, um, I would love to do, I would love to do some kind of a spinoff, wrestling character with captain insano if i ever got the clearance to do that buddy i would break out the stars and stripes and the capes and the whole nine yards and i would have a hoot with it uh i would it would be a brand new character and i would captain insano would be a hoot and a lot of fun um but that was a cool thing that whole thing was one day to do that that water boy part that was all one day and it took me literally about an hour and a half like maybe two hours for the whole thing and uh, Adam Sandler was so cool to work with and just so kind. I don't know how else to explain it. He was so kind and fun to work with. And his mom, for the longest time, just would anytime we would like Super Bowls and stuff like that, they would be there, you know, Adam and his mom and his dad. And uh, she would grab my hand and run around and introduce me to people as Adam's giant wrestling friend, Paul. You know, <laughs> like she was just so proud of the fact that, that Adam knew this gigantic human being that was a pro wrestler and she was so sweet and nice so um yeah i mean here's the thing too that's one of the other things you talk about opportunity for so many years uh being on the work schedule that i was with with wwe i didn't have time to do anything else there's so many projects that i i had to step away from i mean years ago when i first signed with wwe nick cage um, had reached out to me because, you know, his son at the time was a big fan of me as a giant. And Nick Cage was trying to hook me up with uh, this Russell Crowe movie that was being shot in Spain, but I'd have to be in Spain for six weeks for it. So, but I'm thinking, wow, Russell Crowe, you knew this guy was going to be a star. 
Um, Nick Cage just helping me get this part. Like all I got to do is just, I've got it. I just, yeah, just show got to get permission to go. I just got to show up. I've got the part, you know? And, uh, I go to Vince and Vince is like, paying you to be a wrestler, not an actor. So, okay. Well, that was the end of that. So then, okay, you're right. And you're paying me a lot of money to be a wrestler. So you're right. Yes, sir. I'll go back to work, sir. You know, and, um, and the, the wrestling business was different then, you know, it wasn't as much crossover because for a while, WWE is very against wrestlers crossing over into movies, you know what I mean? And then eventually they got with the program, but, uh, so I'm sitting in the movie theater watching this movie gladiator mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, Oh yeah, that, yeah, that would have been awesome to be a part of that. That's awesome. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, yeah. Good choice, Paul. Good, good choice, man. Way to, way to go dummy. But, but again, those are, you know, now with AEW, um, I have all the opportunity in the world to do outside projects, to be a part of, um, you know, I'm doing it right now. I got scripts right now. I'm sitting there going through for reads. I got, I got a read to put on tape later this afternoon. So that's Captain Insano, to, the movie. That's what the Captain, script is. Yeah, actually, Captain Insano, the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yes, we're, yeah, actually, Bobby Boucher is finally going to get to be a water boy for Captain Insano. <laughs> Um, so yeah, that having the ability to do outside projects and having that freedom, um, to help build the Paul white brand, cause it's a, it's a little bit of an identity crush too, to be, you know, for so long to be one thing. And then I don't own the intellectual property. And now I have to walk away from it and I have to reintroduce myself to everyone. Please allow me to reintroduce myself. You know, that kind of thing. <laughs> but you're one of those people that when when you meet you, even if you aren't aware somehow of who you are through wrestling, you go, oh my God, that guy is massive. And he has this huge star quality to him. I think so. It's either a star quality or I just stick out like a sore thumb, one of the two. Like, I remember before I ever got into wrestling, before I ever had a, a chance to be, I guess, famous, whatever that's worth. He was like, oh, you should do something. So yeah, really? Should I? Well, well what should I do? Like, Wow, you should play football. You should do this. You should do that. You know, like everybody always had an opinion when you're tall and you're athletic and you're big. Like there's plenty of people to give you advice, you know, and I, I will tell you this funny, true statement. When I was at Wichita State University, uh, Xavier McDaniel is a former shocker and uh, Wichita State basketball player. So Xavier McDaniel over the summer would come back to Wichita and work out with some of the guys in the weight room and, and X-Man was always great at talking trash, you know? And he was giving me a hard time in the weight room. He says, man, he says, you just you just need to quit playing basketball and go into pro wrestling. I said, man, I'm going to be a pro player. I said, I'm going to try out for every team in the league. I said, I'm going to be pro. He was like, man, you're going to be the only seven-footer cut by the Japanese team. Like that, like he's just giving me a hard time. He says, yeah, you know yeah. what you should do? He said, you should go into wrestling and tell him you're Andre the Giant's son. You're here to avenge his dad's debt, your dad's debts. And I'm like, man, I'm not going to be a wrestler. I'm going to play basketball. And then years later, years later, like five years later, boom, I'm in WCW, the son of Andre. So if you really want to think about who thinks about the future and who knows, it was Xavier McDaniel. He's the one that knew. Who was it that came up with the name, The Big Show? I was Vince. I was Vince. Uh, I, because I first came into WWE, I was Paul White, yeah. you know, and um, I just don't think Vince, I don't think Vince liked the spelling of my name or liked my name. Um, you know, I mean, 
I mean, what would Vince McMahon know about marketing? <laughs> you know what I mean? But uh, he walked by me one day and he goes, um, I was the big show today. I'm like, good. Who the hell's the big show? You know, hey, you can walk, you can talk, you're an athlete, you're the big show. And when he walked off, I went, oh, dear God, I hope that's not my wrestling name. And it was. But if you think back then, there was the attitude, it was the, the, uh, the, the Monday Night Wars, the big show, also TBS. So, you know, there was, there was a lot that went into it. And that's okay. I mean, over the years, it, just like anything, if you do something long enough, you can, it, it's all in what you do and you can make it your own. Just yeah. as, as uncomfortable as it was to be known as, you know, the big show for so many years. Uh, and I'm grateful for that opportunity. Now to rebrand, to restart as myself, it's a little hard. Because, I mean, like, you know, I have a great big show autograph. You know, my real autograph, my real signature is good, but I don't want to be putting my real signature out there for, you know, document forging. Next thing you know, I'll end up owning a bunch of timeshares in the Bahamas or something. <laughs> you know, <laughs> But, uh, you know, just trying to figure out, uh, right now, just been trying to figure out that new identity. And and for once, I actually have a little bit of a uh, little bit of input on my character. So hopefully my character won't be as as schizophrenic as it was the past four decades, feel one day, babyface the next, you know, yeah. you know, change two or three times in a match. I mean, you know, I don't know if that's talent or, or what, but, uh, I that's was prepared talent. to do anything. Is that talent? Is that what it's called? I mean, not everybody can get over as a babyface or a heel. Yeah. But, and you do but, it so fluidly. See, I want, see, man, that's why I love you, man. You're the best. You're the best. You're, you're like a motivational coach. Like right now I'm ready to do it. Rising tides lift all ships. Rising tides lift all ships. That's it. <laughs> How much of the big show getting over could be attributed to your music? Because there's a reinforcement every single time you come out to the ring. Listen, when you have, and I'm so grateful for that big show song and Jim Johnson. And I think Michael Hayes actually sang the original big show song. I think no uh, for a while he sang the demo on it when I first heard it um so there's a lot of history with that big show song um it's iconic when when Shawn michaels walks in the locker room and he goes well it's the big show like he'll sing the song so you know you're making an impact on people and and to transfer transfer uh move forward to now uh aew uh we got paul white we've got our new our, our new theme music and uh it's incredible how we were able to kind of make it feel a little bit the same but improve it make it new and uh it's definitely not the big show anymore it's something new and it's a new attitude and uh, old friends you know old faces and uh still still same attitude so uh it, it's cool to have that kind of iconic music because you need to walk down that ramp and you need to feel you need to feel uh, that it's you you know like i don't think i could come down to to like uh, Jack Evans or in Helico's music. I mean, I could. I mean, and Helico dance is really good in the ring. Like, you know, he's one of our big stars in AEW and he's got the, he's got his own disco dance. Like he's catching the wind. I'm a huge fan of it. I talk about it all the time in Elevation. I just, you know, the guy knows 2000 wrestling holds, but I'm not worried about that. I just like seeing the guy dance. I think it's yeah. cool. <laughs> <laughs> it's been such a pleasure catching up with you, Paul. Awesome, man. I'm so happy that you're out in LA enjoying that beautiful weather out there. And uh, hopefully uh, I'll get out there. We'll hook up and go get some Go get some street food. I don't know if I could afford the bill for all the things that you eat. Come on, man. I'm number one. I'm, I'm eating more sensibly now. And number two, I'd pick up the check. 
See? Look, I end we every proved. interview with uh, the same question. I appreciate that. I talk All about right. gratitude. So every day I start and end every day saying out loud three things I'm grateful for. And I end every interview with that. So what are three things in your life that you're grateful for right now? Three things right now that I'm grateful for. Um, my health, um, my peace of mind, my friends and family. I love it. I think that's, those are core beliefs to, um, to keep everything going because everything else is transitional. Everything else is up and down. But, you know, if you're physically healthy and mentally healthy and, and you have friends and family, then the rest will, you can, you can make on your own. Love it. Paul, thanks so much. Thanks, Chris, man. You're the man, bro. Hey, you're really getting the LA look down now. I'm just saying the hair, uh -oh. the beard, you're jamming the LA look. Like you should, you look like you're like a, a lead in your own detective story or something. See? You and I up. should be in a buddy cop comedy. Buddy cop comedy? Yeah. Yes. The good looking guy in the ogre. There you go. I did. So it. you're calling me an ogre? How dare you? Well, you know, I didn't How dare say you? that, but come on, you know. You're the man, Chris. Thanks, buddy. <laughs> Thanks, man. That guy is awesome. Big thanks to Paul Paul, Paul White, or should I call him Captain Insano? Big thanks to him for spending some time with us. And of course, thank you to you for being the best part of every single episode. As you can tell, we recorded this last Friday, just a few hours before CM Punk shocked the world and appeared on AEW Rampage at the United Center in Chicago. That was pretty epic. That crowd reaction was incredible. And as we talked about in this conversation, rising tides lift all ships. So whether you're a fan of WWE, NWA, Ring of Honor, AEW, Impact, New Japan, or any other company, man, what a time to be a pro wrestling fan with everything that's going on. Oh, and by the way, it is okay to like more than one company. It's amazing jumping on Twitter and seeing how much, ah, just toxicity there is around all of this. It's okay to like more than one. Now, since Paul talked about so much about like not focusing on yesterday and focusing on the here and now and being present, I'll leave you with this quote from John C. Maxwell. Don't worry about yesterday. It ended last night at midnight. There you go. Be great. Be grateful. We will see you on the next one for some more insight. Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.